0: Hey, welcome back to the show. So today we're gonna talk about what is a reverse merger or a reverse takeover. Hope you guys enjoy, peace. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Boom, people, welcome back to the show. So today, we're going to talk about what is a reverse merger or a reverse takeover, and why would a company ever do this? So this sparked a little bit ago for me to look into this was Vivint Smart Home. I'm from Utah. Vivint's one of Utah's biggest tech companies. They uh, run. They have the big billboard on Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's where the jazz play. And they just recently did a reverse merger, and they were purchased by Blackstone. A big chunk of uh, of their equity is bought by Blackstone for two point one billion dollar evaluation. And they just did this reverse merger at a five point three billion dollar evaluation, somewhere around there. So Blackstone's done well on this investment. But why? Like, why would someone do a reverse merger? So we're gonna walk through that in this episode and talk you through that. So. First off, before we get into everything, what is a reverse merger, a reverse takeover? So a reverse merger is, there is what this is what Vivint did, Vivint wants to go public. They want to get on the public markets, but they don't want to go through the traditional IPO route. They don't want to, IPO typically is 9 to 12 months, you hire an investment bank, you do the dog and pony show, you travel around, you pitch investors, and you get this big Bunch of hype, I guess, and a lot of pressure to a, a launch date, and bam, you release it, you ring the bell, and uh, you're now public, and you're Snapchat, and you make billions of dollars, and it's a great day, right? Usually, an IPO is like one of the biggest events for an entrepreneur ever. So, why wouldn't Vivint want to do that? They instead decided to do something different. They went out and did a reverse merger. To get on the public market, so what they're doing is there are shell companies out there, and they who they worked with was called Mosaic. So Mosaic is a shell company; they are already listed on the public markets, but have no revenue, no there's no employees, there's nothing. It's just a shell. They do all the filing and paperwork. They go on the public markets. They are now publicly traded, and and then they look for someone to partner with or to be purchased by. Vivint comes in and merges or purchases Mosaic and now Vivent through Mosaic, is now on the public markets, and so this is it's pretty cool, it takes less than 30 days, it's kind of a backdoor to get on the public markets, now, you might think it's kind of weird, but this has been done by a lot of famous companies out there, Berkshire Hathaway, this is Warren Buffett did it this way, uh, Jamba Juice, Texas Instruments, Waste Management, Burger King, Ted, Ted what is it, Ted Turner, <laughs> Armid Hammer, Uh, have all done this. The actual New York Stock Exchange went public in 2005, did a reverse merger. So this is actually a pretty common thing to do, but why, right? What are the pros and cons of each one of these? And before I dive into the pros and cons, it's it's pretty fun actually. I live in Utah. So Vivint's one of, of Utah's largest I guess, tech companies, you'd call them a tech company. They do smart home kind of things. So they do uh, cameras, they do smart doorbells, they do security systems, things like that. And uh, they have grown a lot and, and kind of started this tech buzz in Utah. And there are, I mean, dozens and dozens of billion dollar tech companies that have are growing right now in Utah. It's kind of like, they call it Silicon Slopes here. It's one of, actually in the United States, Lehigh, Utah, right where I live, is one of the fastest growing tech hubs in the United States, um, fastest growing city, fastest growing state. I mean, it's just, everything's growing right here. We feel like it's almost the Silicon Valley of 20, maybe 30 years ago. So it's an exciting spot to be And With all that tech growth comes a lot of funding, right? A lot of VC funds pop up, a lot of private equity funds, a lot of, I mean, every type of fund you can imagine comes here to help, expand and grow this area. So a lot of the interview people I bring on are from Utah, are starting funds in Utah. I've started funds a few years ago to help grow this tech scene, which is which is pretty fun to live here. Um, so that's besides the point. But um, So Vivent is, is one of these great things. So let's walk through now pros and cons of doing a reverse merger. Now this is my short list. There's probably a lot more, uh, but this is something that I think will help you understand a little bit more. So pros, a reverse merger is super fast right? You can get it done in less than 30 days versus an IPO, maybe six months to 12 months to do a full IPO. So it's fast, it's easy. You don't risk volatility in the markets. Right now, we're hitting all time highs, right? In all the markets. You know, Vivin's looking at it like, well, I don't know in nine, 12 months if the markets will still be that high and, and love an IPO. What if everything takes a turn for the worse? We have to delay our IPO for now another year, two years, three years, let the markets recover. So they just said, hey, let's just get on the stock market fast. Let's get there. It's already at highs. Let's move. So those are the, the pros of, of why someone would do, you know, buy the shell company, do it this way. Now, cons of doing this is you probably miss out on a higher evaluation, an IPO. Uh, typically, if it's done right, uh, you know, you have something like Snapchat or Tesla goes public and there's this huge market buzz. You get a higher evaluation, hopefully, and you're also more liquid. That's another another pro versus con. In a reverse merger, you're not very liquid because most people don't hear about it. A lot of they wake up Tuesday morning, oh, Vivint went public. I guess, um, cool. Like no one heard about it. Okay, like I don't know if I want to get into that, right? But if you know you have a, like, almost a WeWork, right, going public. Now that I know that one went bad, but there was a lot of hype around WeWork, and that would be a very liquid stock to trade. Now you could—that's a great example. WeWork, right? They do the whole IPO process. They go really high evaluation, really low evaluation. They go up and down. There's obviously different factors that came out with the CEO and I'm not going to dive into all that, but that's what, that's the risk they're facing with an IPO. So they said, Hey, let's do a reverse merger. We know we're not have, have as much liquidity. We're going to be, you know, but we want to get in the markets. We want to start being traded. Makes sense. So that's a few pros and cons. Now there also are, some fraud pieces that have happened in the past with reverse mergers. So in the years following the financial crisis of 2008 2009, so the market's already trash right now, there were lots of Chinese companies seeking to come to the US markets and they used reverse mergers to do it. So these were these um, mergers, how they did it, they were set up. they found old abandoned companies that were still listed on the stock exchange. And I mean, had no revenues, essentially bankrupt, but they were still on the, the stock exchange. They came in, merged or bought these old companies and uh, they, they combined their revenue with their old revenues. And they, they had, I mean, it's, it's really, it ended up being fraud, right? They're misleading shareholders. They told them there were higher revenues than there actually were. Um, and some of these businesses barely existed at all, but people were so hyped on China, right? Of, well, the U S is crashing. China's the next superpower. We're going to put money into China. They didn't do much due diligence on the actual companies. They just thought China in general is good. Let's put money into any Chinese company. And, uh, they estimate U S investors lost tens of billions of dollars. And these are 401ks. These are for retirement plans in these Chinese shell companies that were set up, Um, and done that. So a few points, just to spot fraud in a reverse merger, make sure the audit done is, um, is done by a a good accounting firm and read the sec notes. A lot of these, they look back on these reverse mergers and sec notes were, I mean, spotty had a lot of question marks on them. Um, and then secondly, so that's the first one, check the audit. Number two, look at the purposes of this company company going public. What are the, 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 why are they doing it? Is it legitimate? Is it a money-making business? Let's look at the actual company. Why are the, why would the management want to do this? What are the goals of this merger? And then three, look at the executives and their background. Um, I would check, you know, to make sure this is a legit company that's actually producing revenue to avoid that. Now, the reason I do some of these this is a shorter episode today is a few years ago, I was, I was invited to a room with three other guys. We were talking about funds. We were whiteboarding out what a fund is. What it looks like, and I was able to talk to them about funds, right? And they, they, I mean, they started talking. They didn't. They just ignored me. I was in the corner room. They just said, eh, "We're not going to talk to Bridger. Like he's out of the out of the ring. He's too young. He doesn't know why. Why is he invited?" And one guy invited me because he thought, you know, he liked me, wanted me to come. And the other guys were in their mindset, like, "No, we're not. Bridger's not going to be a part of this fund." As they went along, I was able to ask questions that they weren't asking. I asked them, "Hey, what's a clawback? What's a..." What's a reverse, you know, or what what are we thinking about? Maybe you could take this company and do a reverse merger with it. Like, whoa what does that mean, right? What is a what's your waterfall look like? And we walked through and I gained a lot of clout in that room because I knew unique principles and corners of finance, like what's a reverse merger that I was able to talk and impress them. So hopefully this thing impress your boss, impress you know, somebody you go to lunch with, right? Be able to talk about a reverse merger in in detail, in depth, give a few examples of it. So that's why I do, you know, every five, six episodes, I try to go deep into some corner of finance that usually isn't talked about much just to give that breath and, and hopefully gain you some clout in whatever meeting you're in. Okay, guys, love you guys. Hopefully that helps and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Yo, if you're just starting out, you probably have a lot of questions. That's awesome. I want to hear them. So please go to investmentfundsecrets.com, submit your questions, and if I like your question enough, I actually want to bring you on the show with me to ask those questions live to me, and I'm going to bring on another investment fund manager to answer them for you. So if you're interested in that, please submit a good question on the website. Again, that's investmentfundsecrets.com. See you there.